Welcome to Wuffles Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wuffle. They're playing poker in the NFL with the NFL drafts set for Thursday, April 27th. NFL teams are keeping their draft cards and tensions close to their vest. They aren't about to show their hands until it's their time on the clock. The stakes are indeed high. A draft can radically change the fortunes of teams, not only immediately, but long-term as well. To help us bring some clarity to this murky draft is Jody Coleman, a draft analyst for the TD Report and uh, my newest best friend. (laughs) (laughs) I want to tell everybody how we met. If I could. Oh, absolutely. So we're down at the Senior Bowl. This this is the cleaned up version, right? (laughs) Right, this cleaned up version. So I'm getting down to the Senior Bowl, about to check into the hotel. I look back, and I see somebody grabbing at my door, the back door. And I'm like, wait, what's what's going on? And you thought (laughs) I was the Uber driver coming to pick you up to take you over to the facilities. And I was like, no. And then it was crazy because we was in the same hotel, we turned around and sat next to each other in the press box at the Senior Bowl, and from that point on, we've been great friends ever since. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, that that was a crazy uh, meeting. I, I thank you so much for enduring me in the press box for that whole game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, that was my uh, first trip to the Senior Bowl. I've always wanted to go there, but I always had conflicts. And what a really neat event that was. Yes, absolutely. Um, you got to see a lot of great players we're able to see a lot of future stars in that game. Um, some guys that a lot of people may not have heard of because they play for small universities, but will make major impact in the NFL very soon. Yeah, I, I would imagine you've been uh, immersed uh, in draft coverage the last couple of weeks. I, I've been checking out your uh, website, the TD Report, and it's T-H-E hyphen TD as in touchdown hyphen report.com and uh i saw you recently listed your mock draft uh, this year's mock draft i mean not that mock drafts are are easy by any stretch but this year's just seems to be so crazy yeah definitely because i i look at this draft as having a lot of deep talent at several different positions uh of course the quarterback we can have as many as four quarterbacks going to top 10 I think the cornerback position is very, very deep. I mean, there's uh, as many as five cornerbacks that can go. Uh, edge rushers are at a plenty. Of course, led by Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama. Uh, I think he's the best overall player in this draft. And the tight end position is a great position. I really think it's kind of thin at the running back and offensive line this year, as well as the linebacker position. But it's going to be overall, I think it's going to be uh, – teams going to be able to really add a lot of depth with this draft. Yeah, you know, uh, we, we can talk to about a number of positions that uh, there seems to be strength at. And one of those, a lot of play, people believe, is the quarterback position. It's it's quite conceivable that four quarterbacks could be drafted in a row starting at number one. This week, it's uh, Brace Young. Last week, it was C.J. Stroud. Uh, next week, it's going to be <laughs> Anthony Richardson. To me, though, you know, I, I'm a huge Brace Young fan. I, I just like everything about him. I, I like his game. I like his personality. 
I, I think he's got star written all over him. What's your take on those four quarterbacks? I really believe uh, that C.J. Strauss is the cream of the crop of this quarterback. Do you like him, huh? More than more I, so I really than like him, the the reason I, I like Bryce Young, um, and it's nothing about his height or his stature or his physical physique or anything. I no. just think that C.J. Strauss is ready made for the NFL to take on the NFL team, and I think that going to number one potentially to Carolina. Uh, they have a lot of weapons around him. They they they're gonna have to really. I take that back. They don't have a lot of weapons around him. They got rid uh-huh. of uh, a McCaffrey and they got rid of uh, the wide receiver they they sent over to the Chicago Bears. But I think in this draft they can go get a lot of lot of picks. They got a few dollars available in free agency, so they can grab some guys and bring them in. But I just think that C.J. Strouds is a guy that can take your franchise to the next level. Not saying that Bryce Young can't, but I think Bryce Young, if he goes second to the Houston Texans. And then they have another pick at 12. They can potentially get the quarterback and a wide receiver, and then they can start moving forward. Uh, they have a great running back, at Pierce, from Florida. He had a great rookie campaign, and I think that they commit to the run. They got a new coaching staff down there, D'Amico Ryans. Uh, they got a lot of money to spend, but they really going to have to address that defensive front seven, which a lot of analysts said that was one of the worst front sevens they have seen in a, quite a few few years. So yeah. they're going to really have to make some additions on that front seven. You know, if, if four quarterbacks do go in a row, I think it would be unprecedented. There's been, I think, two occasions where three straight quarterbacks have been taken, but four would be crazy. And I think you're really rolling the dice on Will Levis of Kentucky and Anthony Richardson of Florida. You know, Jody, I, I saw Richardson twice during the college season, right? And, and his athleticism, I mean, is very apparent. I mean, he's, he's an incredible athlete. But I had questions about his accuracy, number one. I, I don't know what he what he completed for the year. I, I don't think it was real high. But he blew up the combine. And I think he's one of these guys that – is either going to be a boom or a bust. Your take. My, my take on Anthony Richardson is if you're willing to wait two to three seasons like mm-hmm. they did with Josh Allen, he reminds me a lot of Josh Allen with his ability. And people have to look back. Josh Allen didn't really flourish until his about third season, and he got Stephon Diggs. Yeah, when he was able point. to get that number one. That always helps when you have a number one that can create separation and get open on third down in key situations. That's what Josh Allen had. And not to mention Josh Allen had a cannon for an arm. His accuracy really wasn't there. Uh, Brian Dabo had got a hold of him, and he was able to flourish. And I think that's the same way we can look at when we get with Anthony Richardson. I don't think he's going to be an immediate guy. I think you're going to have to have a lot of patience with him. I I think that he has a raw ability, but I think it's going to take him a a good two seasons to really understand what the game is about. That's why I put C.J. Strouds and Bryce Young a little bit ahead of those two guys, Will Levins and Anthony Richardson, because I think the game is going to – be slowed down for them immediately. And I think they have a lot of post-style offensive weapons around them. They had a lot of guys that went into the draft that were number one picks. And I think that's what's going to help. Andy Richardson, if you look at it, he really didn't have that many guys that went in the draft. So, I mean, he struggled against SEC competition. So my thing is, giving two or three years, I think he'll be fine. But if you're looking for him to be an immediate guy to come in in his rookie year and have a Cam Newton type of campaign, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, you know, the the problem with that is a lot of these teams don't have time on their side. They got to win now, you know. <laughs> these coaches mm-hmm. and GMs, they know they're on the hot seat. They they need somebody. 
perhaps a team like Tennessee could could move up and, and say, hey, you know, you can play behind Tannehill for a little bit. It, it, you know, it's your job. But I want to go back to Stroud. You're from Dayton, Ohio, correct? Yes, sir. So you have seen Stroud quite a bit, you know, in, in recent years. How does he compare to some of the other Ohio State quarterbacks, and who would you compare him to? Wow. Uh, I've seen him play several times over the last two seasons. Uh, yeah. Probably at least, at, least, at least 20 times I've seen him play. 20 times? At least, at least 20 times I've seen you him play. You got a cell phone number? <laughs> yeah, I wish I did. I actually seen him play in person when they played in the national championship. I'm sorry, should have been a national championship game. Yeah, Georgia. Yeah. That really was a national championship game. You see what happened the next game after that. And he was so impressive. The way that he climbed the pocket was reminiscent of Dan Marino. Mm-hmm. And I know that's – and I, I'm not saying his game is like Dan Marino, but the way that he climbed the pocket, the way that he was able to get to his second and third reads was amazing with that pressure that Georgia was applying – a quarterback that I would kind of compare him to in Ohio State history really is, to be honest, is no comparison. I don't think we ever had a, as pure of a passer uh, as C.J. Strouds at Ohio is that State. right? Yeah. I, I think he may have been the best pure passer that we ever had. I mean, we had a lot of athletes. We had uh, Justin Fields, of course, of the Chicago Bears. You know, you go back to Troy Smith, who won the Heisman. Uh, you go back to Joe Germain. He was a nice passer. And then, of course, one of our best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback, far as as leadership, is JT Barrett. Um, so I don't I don't see anybody that really compares with CJ Strouds as a passer in Ohio State history, going back as far as I can remember. But I do believe that he has every attribute to be that that cornerstone, that Peyton Manning type of quarterback for an organization. Well, to uh, show you how old I am. I remember Rex Kern. <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk about being a fossil. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, no, Ohio State has definitely had some really nice quarterbacks there. Do um, you like Levis at all? Uh, he grew on me. Uh, at first, I was, I was really hard on Will Levins because I didn't like the fact that he did not play in his bowl game and then he didn't come to the senior bowl. I felt like a lot of times they were trying to hide him from something. But what they did when I did see him at the combine, he looked in amazing shape. He looked like he had really uh, took off a few pounds and bulked uh-huh. up a little bit. So I was and he was making throws, but I still think his footwork wasn't there. But I think Will Levins. Like I said, it always goes back to a system that he goes to. I think if he ends up with the Los Angeles Raiders, I mean, Las Vegas Raiders, uh, they gets there and he sits behind Jimmy G about a year. I, but do you want to take a quarterback that high in a draft that's going to actually have to sit? And that's the question that you have to ask yourself as an organization. If you're a GM or a coach and you may be potentially on the hot seat, do you want to take that project as a quarterback to see if he's going to take you to the next level or do you want to try to get a veteran quarterback and win now? And I think that uh, Will Levins is a guy that's going to have to, like I said, with Anthony Richardson sit two to three seasons before I think he gets it right. Look into your crystal ball. If I came back to you five years from now and said, who are these four quarterbacks are going to be stars? Who would you select? 
Wow. Uh, stars, I, I believe I'm big on C.J. Stroud and, of course, Bryce Young. I think both of those guys are not only going to be Pro Bowl players, but I think they're going to be Super Bowl winning quarterbacks at some point in their career. I think that's what type of talent they possess. But I'm going to tell you a guy that nobody's talking about that I think will be up there with those guys in five years if people are, are patient with him. And that's Tanner McKee out of, out of Stanford. Really? Uh, 6'5", he's 230 pounds. Stanford has had the the Davis Mills, who was one of the top quarterbacks in the country when he got there, didn't develop like we thought. We know we know they had John Elway back in the day, and we know they had Andrew Luck. So they have gotten a lot of quarterbacks out of Stanford, and I think he's yeah. a guy that nobody he's on nobody's radar, nobody's checking for him. But I think if he gets to a situation, maybe get a backup position, and someone gets hurt, and he has to come in there. He's he's a guy, Tanner McKee. Hey, everybody, you know. Put your antennas on about this kid because I think that down the line he may be one of those guys we're talking about in five to six years. Um, where, where is he kind of projected at this point in the draft? Uh, right now, I had him in my mind draft going as late as the third. I mean, as early as the third round. Okay, no later than the fourth round. Like I said, it's a lot of teams that can use a quarterback. Uh, like I said, quarterbacks can get hurt. Um, you want to have some insurance policies. And when you have a kid that you don't have to pay a lot of money to and can learn the system, he'd be one of those guys that you can roll the dice when you got teams that got multiple third and fourth round picks. I think I would I would take a chance on him. Yeah, you know, uh, the Packers definitely are in the market for a backup quarterback. I was told that they want to go out and get a veteran uh, quarterback, not one that would challenge Jordan Love for the starting spot, but somebody that could, you know, kind of stabilize that uh, quarterback room. He's a possibility, and you know they're going to draft a quarterback at some point, you know. So that that's a possibility. You know, two things. I, I'm a big fan of Michael Wilson from Stanford, and I'm sure yes. I've seen a lot of tape of his. Yes. And, uh, I had the pleasure to talk to him at the Combine. I'll tell you what, I, I have seen very little tape of Michael Wilson, but if I was a team interviewing him, I'd be blown away. He is so articulate. So smooth, so poised, calm. Uh, he, he'd definitely be on my draft radar. Yeah, and people don't realize that he had 23 reps at the combine. So he has addition to his speed where he ran a 4-3, I mean a 4-4-5, I believe. Then mm-hmm. he turned around and had 23 reps. Yeah. So so you you bringing up a, a, he's six foot two I think like maybe two hundred and ten pounds so you got a guy that can come in that has an already NFL body and they, they show that he's strong enough to get off the jam he'd be able to beat guys deep we saw him in the senior bowl remember he caught that that fifty two yeah. yard touchdown pass in the senior bowl so that's a that's a guy that I think will be a definite sleeper or any team that is able to acquire him I, I agree and and he was kind of nicked up right this past season. It was nicked up. And once again, like I said, Stanford didn't have the greatest of seasons. They had coaching changes. Uh, Shaw, Coach Shaw stepped down. Uh, like I said, the kid, uh, Tanner McKee, he he was sporadic at times and didn't really have a lot of consistency. And that was because of, I think the coaching change really disrupted his development. So, uh, you know, when your quarterback is not playing uh, consistently, something you know, that affects the wide receiver for So uh, that – I don't want to take his his productivity in college as an indicative uh, um, view of his pro career. Sure, sure. You know, when you asked me about uh, a quarterback that nobody's talking about that that could be pretty good down the road, I thought for sure you were going to go to Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. It seems like everybody's talking about him now that he's a potential first-round pick. Do you have him in your uh, first round? 
I don't have Hand and Hooker in my first round, and it's not because of his ability. It's not because of his age, and it's really not even about the injury that he he sustained in Tennessee. But if, like I said, if if I'm going to take a quarterback in the first round, and you almost have to throw away his rookie season because he's not going to be ready until mid season, I got him going late second round. I, I think that he can help a team if he's able to let him heal. Uh, he's going to come in by the time he's actually able to play. He's going to be 26 years of age, which I don't think is a bad thing, but it's not the greatest thing in the world when you want to get a young guy that that can take you into the future. So I wouldn't necessarily take him with a first pick, um, uh-huh. but it's going to be teams that's going to roll the dice because of the two, the last two seasons, he had amazing seasons at Tennessee uh, last year, only throwing two interceptions and actually only has five interceptions. No, I'm sorry. He has seven interceptions in two seasons. So you know that he protects the football, but I don't know if I'm going to take him in the first round. I'll tell you, you know, I, I know there's some great college teams out there, obviously. But when you look at the firepower that Tennessee had this year, my goodness, <laughs> those receivers are outstanding. Hooker is like, holy cow. I mean, just, Alabama, Alabama found that out, right? <laughs> very quickly, they found out. And we talk about Jalen Wyatt, but we forget about Cedric Tillman on the other side of the ball. Yes. For yes. So both of those receivers will go in the top three rounds. Uh, and then you got a quarterback that could potentially go in. If he doesn't get hurt, we're probably talking about him in the first round. They're, they're going to lose a lot at Tennessee. You're losing three players potentially in the first three rounds, not to mention the offensive lineman, Darrell. I think his name is Darrell Jones, Jones, I believe. No, Darrell Wright. I'm sorry. Darrell Wright. Yeah, right. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Darrell Wright, he's going to probably go. So you got four guys off that offense that's potentially can go in the first three rounds. Uh, let's see if they can restock the shelf and uh, compete yeah. with the Alabamas again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, as of now, have the 15th overall pick. And, uh, if you know their general manager, Brian Gutekunst, he isn't uh, afraid to wheel and deal. He he won draft. He moved down in the first round. Then he came back in the first round. And uh, I, I talked to an NFL guy yesterday, and there's some scuttlebutts that he is, again, looking to move back from 15, which I don't know if that makes any sense based on what I'm hearing. Uh, I, he- I heard a report yesterday that there are supposedly like 16 – so-called premium players in this draft, Packers at 15. So if, if that's factual, I would not move back in, in, in light of the Packers' needs. To me, they have two Grand Canyon-sized holes, one at tight end, one at defensive end. I mean, they got rid of their uh, best tight end, Tanya, and he went to the Bears. Lowry and Reed are gone as far as defensive ends are concerned. Mm-hmm. So – the question I have for you, Jody, if you're at 15, would you try to plug one of those two holes, defensive end or tight end, or would you go for the best athlete? And if it is the best athlete, who do you think that would be at that spot? You know what? At the 15th pick, that is if Aaron Rodgers – so I got I got it's kind of two-part. If Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback – and he's not traded to the Jets or whoever else he may be potentially talking to. So we're going to talk as if he's staying. If I say Aaron Rodgers is staying, in the depth at the tight end position, I would not take a tight end with the number one pick. I would take the receiver out of TCU, Quentin Johnson, if he's available. I don't think Jackson Smith and Jigma will be available. But if he is, of course, you take him at 15. I think he's going to go 11 to Tennessee. But You know what? uh, you are the second guy I talked to an NFL scout 
three, four days ago, that's where he's got a pencil to Tennessee. It's interesting. Yeah. I think because when they picked Traylon Burst last season, he struggled with injuries. Uh, he's a guy that plays outside the uh, numbers. I think Jackson Smith and Jigma, even at being at six foot one, people don't realize he can play outside or inside. And everybody needs that slot receiver because that slot receiver is an extension of the running game, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And a lot of teams, like a kid like Jackson Smith and Jigma, don't don't look at him not playing last year as he can't play. We we saw that Jamar Chase didn't play his last year at LSU, and you see what kind of productivity he had when he came into the NFL. Great point. And, Great point. At, at Ohio State, now look, this was the wide receiver room at Ohio State. It was first-round pick Chris Olave. Yeah. It was first-round pick Garrett Wilson. It's probably next year's first wide receiver off the board, Marvin Harrison Jr., and it was Jackson Smith and Jigba. And they rated Jackson Smith and Jigma as the top-rated receiver out of those four. That was the the year that he played his sophomore season, the last season he played a full season. So, but I, I if I'm if I'm Green Bay, I have to go after a wide receiver. And the reason being, I know you got Christian Watson who led all receivers, uh, rookie receivers and touchdowns. Yeah. And then you had Romeo Dobbs who was learning the offense. But what has Aaron Rodgers complained about for the last four to five seasons? Not getting any, any help on the outside. I think the running back position is solidified. I think the offensive line is decent enough to go forward. I like, I like him getting Quentin Johnston being able to get a quick learning curve and get out there and help Aaron Rodgers because he doesn't have many years left if he stays with Green Bay. We know he doesn't have that many years left. I understand they had a hole at the defense end position, but that's another position that's deep that you can go in the second round and get somebody and potentially third round. That's how deep the defensive end crop is. Wow. So I would I would go after a wide receiver, and you can get a tight end later on. You can get like a Musgrave maybe available out of uh, Oregon State. You, you still may get uh, – I don't think you Michael Mayer would definitely be gone. I think he'll be a first round pick, but I would I would roll the dice and get a receiver first and see if I can get those other positions later on in the draft. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much on the same page as you are. I, I guess my pick my pick at that spot. I, I think Jackson's going to be gone, like you said, and then it comes down to Johnston and Jordan Addison. Now I know some people aren't uh, real high on Addison. I, I like him. I'm not enamored with him, but I, but I do like him. And uh, his productivity is, is second to none. I mean, what he did at Pittsburgh two years ago is crazy. Right. And then he had a very good season again at Southern Cal. So I wouldn't totally dismiss him. If they traded back for a receiver, I could see them taking Hyatt. I mean, Hyatt to me is just crazy, crazy intriguing uh, with with that blinding speed. I know that he's got to fine tune his route running and stuff like that, but when you got that kind of speed, <laughs> it, it seemed like he was always open at Tennessee. Like he was exactly. always five or six yards away from any defender. But also, we got to look at, at Zay Flowers, a kid from Boston College that, yes. that could be on some on some a lot of teams' radars um, as a first round pick. So Zay Flowers and Jordan uh, and Josh Downs from North Carolina got wide receiver to come to mind. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm not on the uh, Flowers bandwagon. I think he's he's going to be a very good receiver, but he doesn't have that speed that that Hyatt has, and and you see guys like Tyree Kill and, and others just you know blow by defenders. He he to me he was like the most underrated receiver in this class. I'm going back to back to Jackson. The one thing I noticed at the combine, Joey, was he's not a very big guy. When I when I stood next to him at the podium there, he he just 
he didn't wow me. It looked like he he's got to put on some weight and strength. You, but you know what? He doesn't look that way. But if you look at him, when I seen him a couple years ago at Ohio State uh, spring game, yeah, he's actually he's actually six one one ninety. So I mean, that's not terribly small. Uh, when they have him at one ninety, one ninety. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was under the impression he was like one seventy five, one eighty. But okay. They, this is this is most the most recent when I looked yeah. at his uh, when I looked at his charts. So I don't know if they beefed him up a little bit, but uh, his his forty time was pretty solid uh, at his pro day because he didn't he didn't run a forty time at the combine. People still uh, was wondering how injured is he with the hamstring injury. He's ready to go. Uh, I think he's like I said. I think he could be an immediate impact for any team. Um, his route running is second to none. Yeah, yeah. You were talking about Jackson being compared to those other great Ohio State receivers of recent years. What do you think personally? Do you think he's as good as those guys or better than those guys? I mean, because um, I, 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 I thought Olave was tremendous. I honestly, I've always been a big Garrett Wilson fan. He sure. proved how good of a receiver he was winning the rookie of the year uh, with uh, multiple amounts of quarterbacks with the Jets. We, <laughs> I mean, I don't know who. You had Mike White throwing it to him. You had uh, Zach Wilson throwing it to him. You had Joe Flacco throwing it to him. And this, this kid still performed at a high level. Uh, uh, he's very reminiscent to me of a young Odell Beckham when he's with the Giants. Wow. Uh, he has that flair about himself, the, the the way that he catches the ball in traffic. So I, I know he's. I don't think he's good as Garrett Wilson, but I do think that Jackson Smith and Jigman is going to be a great receiver. Just now, I think Garrett Wilson is cream of the crop. Even though Chris Olave had a great season, I really like uh, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I, I thought Olave was the guy that the Packers were going to try to. Get at some point in the draft, move up and get him. He 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 would have been dynamic. Can you imagine Lobby and Watson and Dobbs? <laughs> right. I mean that that would be one trio uh, that that could wreak havoc for many many years. But but let, let's move over to the tight end position again. You know they lost Tanyan. Uh, Mercedes Lewis is older than me. I think <laughs> that, if that's possible. <laughs> uh, I, I've been a huge Michael Mayer fan uh, from the time he stepped on at Notre Dame. Uh, this guy is a beast. I mean, he's out. And I, I know everybody gets down on him because he's not, you know, overly fast. He's not overly quick. But you know what? Uh, there have been a lot of great tight ends over the years that didn't have those qualities either. I mean, you look at Kelsey and you look at uh, – who's the kid with the Ravens? I, I can't remember. Mark. Uh, You're talking about Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. I mean, he doesn't why you with his athleticism or anything. and. The other thing I liked about Mirror too, and I got this from several NFL people when I was at the combine. They said he's just really, really smart. I mean, he's almost brilliant. And that when he came into the interviews with these teams, they were odd. They they couldn't believe how well he handled himself. But then there's people that say, hey, you know, Dalton Kincaid's faster, quicker, a better route runner, blah, blah, blah. And and I look at again, I it's not like I put a lot of emphasis on body type, but I see Michael Mayer, and he looks like a guy that could be a plug-in-and-play guy. And with Dalton Kincaid, I don't know about that. I, I, to me, he's got to add at least 10, 15 pounds before you know, he could become an effective NFL tight end. How, how do you look at that? Well, you know, uh, we I'm, I'm very big on Mayor. I'm very big on Kincaid, but I'm also big on Washington from Georgia. Yeah. Um, the 6'7", 260-pound tight end. You see what he did at the combine where he lift, 
that blocking, he just lifted like it was it mm-hmm. wasn't even all the other tight ends struggled with it. Uh he's a guy, but he's very raw. He didn't even start for the Georgia Bulldogs because I believe the tight end that's there now is yeah. the best tight end in the country. Right. But but you know, Georgia just they breed uh whatever position they're able to be the cream of the crop. Um they're recruiting at the level of Alabama and Ohio State at this point. But I wanna the the, the the tight end position is so deep because you can sneak up and get Shoemaker out of Michigan, and he can be a guy that can plug and play. There's a lot of tight ends. Musgrave out of Oregon State, um, it's, it's a lot of tight ends. That's why I don't think necessarily the way that Aaron Rodgers passed the ball that he has to go get that tight end that high in the draft. I think he's able to get a tight end in the second and third round and, yeah. and plug and play on these other positions, like you said, the defensive end position. And I believe even though they don't feel like they have holes at wide receiver, I think you have to go get dynamic receivers that can stretch the field because I, I, I truly believe Aaron Rodgers is on his last hoorah. And he, he needs to get every weapon and quit going to get uh, these veteran receivers that don't pan out. Quit going to get these guys as uh, recycled receivers. Yes. Uh, what's, what's the guy uh, they keep bringing back? Um, he loves him. Um uh, he's a he's a oh, one of the Randall Cobb. You talking about Randall Cobb? Yeah, Randall Cobb. They keep they keep going to get Randall Cobb, and Randall Cobb was good five years ago. Right, right now, Randall Cobb is a shell of himself, and it's nothing. I mean, A's and Father Time is undefeated. Uh, they went and got a they went and got some other veterans that didn't pan out. Go ahead and draft young. You got Christian Watson. Let him be the guy that's going to be the number one receiver on that team. Romeo Dobbs. And then, like I said, go down the line. You'll be able to get a, a tight end with a third or fourth round pick, and they'll be able to play immediately as well and go look for a defensive tackle. So that's how I look at the tight end position right now. Yeah, you're more optimistic about Rodgers coming back to Green Bay than I am. I'm in a small group of people that are convinced this deal is already done. And I'm going to write something for my website you know, in the next day or two on this, but – I, I really believe everything's in place for that deal to go down. Packers, um, you know, will be compensated with with draft picks. I think it's going to be a multiplayer trade. I, I think it's going to be a blockbuster when everything's all said and done. If you look at it from my perspective, Rodgers isn't around. Would you still wait to take a tight end later on? Yeah, I mean, you got Jordan Love. He, he needs a security blanket <laughs> probably in the worst way. Now, if Jordan loves the quarterback, that would mean y'all would have the 13th and the 15th pick. So I would definitely, I would definitely look for the tight end. And I would definitely, I would even, if he's still the quarterback, I would take that 15th pick and pick the best available pass rusher if that's the case. I'll get him a tight end, like you said, that he can have a security blanket. Then I'll go get the, the, the defensive end to help with the pass rush. Then that mean they will probably get multiple second round picks as well. Then I will look to get. Uh, a wide receiver later on because there's a lot of good wide receivers. Like I said, you can go get Mike, uh, the, the kid out of Stanford, Wilson. So I, I really believe that if Jordan loves a quarterback, we know that they're going to have multiple picks and we're going to be looking to that. That means that that, y'all, that Green Bay is looking for a rebuild. If they trade Aaron Rodgers, they're not looking to retool. I think they're looking to rebuild. And we have to understand that the first year of Jordan Love is the quarterback, that they have to be extremely patient because they didn't make the playoffs last year. So we can't expect Jordan Love to come and make the playoffs in his first year, too. So I think that they can probably afford to potentially just go and and, and get a lot of draft picks and really uh, increase that roster and get more talent on that roster if Jordan Love is the quarterback. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I'm definitely in a small group. Again, I, I contend the Packers are going to be pretty good next year. 
simply because I think that defense really, really will be coming together. Now the question is, um, Rashawn Gary, how long is he going to be out? I guess that's the caveat to this. If Rashawn Gary comes back after four or five games, I think the Packers' defense is going to be pretty darn good, and that's going to keep them in games. And, of course, they they play in a division where you got the Bears, and, you know, the Bears are making inroads, but they're not going to be ready next year. And there's talk about Delvin Cook uh, being, you know, traded by the Vikings. If they trade Delvin Cook, I, I think they take a step back. Plus mm-hmm. the fact they won, what, God knows how many games by, you know, a field goal or less last year. So, you know, they they, they got exposed in the playoffs. Detroit is definitely, I mean, they, they got a chance to take that next step up. But, again, they, they lost some good players. Joe, Jamal Williams, I, I thought that was a, a critical loss, not only yeah. from a plane standpoint, but a locker room presence. Uh, I think he's really a glue type of guy. So, anyways, I, I'm, the bottom line is I'm more optimistic about the Packers than, than most people are going into next season. Yeah, I mean, the Packers, they, they've only missed the playoffs by one game. It wasn't like they got completely blown up. <laughs> exactly. Apart. I yeah. think they, they had some 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 struggles. Uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't look like the Aaron Rodgers of the last few years, the MVP caliber quarterback. I think he had other things on his mind. But I think that this – if he's there, I, I'm, I'm more optimistic he's going to be there probably than you, me yeah. being an outsider looking in. And the reason being is, like, I just think that he's, he's, he's held – this organization for the last four years, ever since they drafted Jordan Love, he has been a diva and he has been wanting to express yeah. his feelings. And, and to me, it was like he was doing it. He was like being a child and having a tantrum when he didn't get what he wanted <laughs> because the Green Bay Packers have not selected a position player outside of quarterback since 2003. And that's when they got Javon Walker. So I, I would be pretty upset that you didn't put pieces around me. Um, you had Hall of Fame quarterback play for almost, what, 40, 45 years, and yeah. y'all have two Super Bowls. I know I'm a Cleveland fan. I would love to have one of those Super Bowls, but <laughs> you have quarterback play like a Brett Farr and an Aaron Rodgers, and I, I think Jordan Love is going to be a stud. And, of course, I y'all can't forget it all. We can't, we can't forget about Bart Starr, who started it all. So uh, y'all done had a lot of great quarterbacks in that organization. You know, four championships is pretty good, though. I mean, I would love to get one in Cleveland, so. Yeah, yeah, we that, that we could talk about that for another row or two, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. Okay, let's say Rodgers goes to the Jets, which I think, as I said, I think it's a done deal, and they're just waiting for the draft or some other time to announce it. What would you, as Brian Gutekunst of the Packers, want as compensation? Oh, I mean, you have to go two first round picks and potentially two second round picks for that caliber. We're talking about the MVP. We're talking about a four time MVP. We're talking about a Super Bowl championship quarterback. And the, the New York Jets think they're a quarterback away. And if any quarterback was going to be that that's that stopgap for you to get to the championship, it would be Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so I would uh, the compensation has to be at least two first round and two second rounders and potentially some later fourth or fifth round compensation for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, if anything less, I wouldn't I wouldn't take it if I'm Green Bay. You know, you have to this is a Hall of Fame quarterback. And he, he you can't trade him away for peanuts, even though he's in he he I think he only got about two to three years left, but look how long uh Tom Brady played at a high level. Uh Aaron Rodgers doesn't stay, sustain a lot of hits. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not injury prone. You have to get complete compensation. And I think the Jets are willing to do so. I don't think it's a great move for the Jets. 
because I think they're more than a quarterback away. They think mm-hmm. they are, but I think they're a lot more than a quarterback than, than a quarterback away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like I said, everybody wants to win now. So the the microwave society is let's get a quarterback. We've seen what happened in Tampa Bay when they when they got Tom Brady. We've seen what happened with the Los Angeles Rams when they got Matthew Stafford. I'm believing that they want to walk in that. You know, everybody wants that Super Bowl, no matter what it takes and what they have to sell out to do it. I guess if it's Aaron Rodgers, sell out. Yeah. I'm not sure if this is totally accurate, but it seems to me now that the Sacramento Kings made the playoffs, by the way, I'm predicting, are you an NBA fan at all? Absolutely, absolutely NBA. I, I, I know this sounds absolutely ludicrous, but it wouldn't shock me to see the Sacramento Kings win the NBA title. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm going to say this because yeah. I, I actually got to get ready to roll and it's been a great pop, but I want to leave with this statement. And, and I know Golden State is down 2 0. Yeah. But until I see the I Golden agree. State Warriors are I eliminated. Agree. I'm going to hang my hat with Stephen Curry and those Golden State Warriors and Steve Curry at the head coach position. Reason why, we know that they were one of the worst teams on the road. We know that. We know they're historically one of the worst NBA road teams this last season. They lost two games on the road. That, so that didn't shock me. I believe they're going to play a lot better at home. They're going to win those games. And all they got to do is win one game on the road. The, the series going to go seven. I still like Golden State, and once they get past this young Sacramento King team who was about to be the team on the rise, I don't see any other team in the NBA that can beat them. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, absolutely right. I, I'm not uh, throwing dirt on on the Warriors by any stretch, and uh, it, it's they would have to go through Denver as well. So I mean, they, but I'll tell you what, are they fun to watch? They, oh, I mean, definitely. It's like those two games uh, were the most in, enjoyable games I've seen in the NBA this season. By far, it wasn't even close. I mean, they were just really highly entertaining games. So, hey, uh, I, I know you got to run here in, in a few seconds. Do you think there's going to be a couple trades at the top? The the, the one that we are got to look look forward to is potentially Vegas maybe moving ahead of Arizona to get uh-huh. that third pick to, to try to get Anthony Richardson because I think they really like Anthony Richardson, even though they signed Jimmy G. Uh, Jimmy Z is just a, a year uh, a quarterback for this year or next year potentially. So don't be surprised if Tennessee or the Vegas Raiders Raiders move up to that third spot with Arizona because Arizona don't need a quarterback. They got Kyler Murray and they spent a lot of money on him. So that's the trade that everybody needs to pay attention to is potentially those two teams moving up to that third spot. Okay, and last one last one here. We we all know who first who the first and second round guys, you know, allegedly will be, who do you see could be big time sleepers, maybe like third, fourth, fifth rounds. Give me, give me two guys that that really caught your eye. This, this is, this is, I want y'all to listen to this guy. He's from HBCU, Florida. And his name is Isaiah land. He's about six foot four, 230 pound edge rusher. He's an edge rusher specialist. He uses hands extremely well. He uses speed off of the corner. Of course, everybody's going to talk about the type of competition that he played against. But that's a guy, you get him in the fourth or fifth round, I think he's going to be a double-digit sack guy in this league where we know is a passing lead. And that's what he's not really great against the run. 
but he's very good against the pass. If you can get him and put him in, and get him with a team that that scores a lot of points and they they're normally up, he can be a definitely steal. Mm. Uh, I like Cedric Tillman from Tennessee at wide receiver. We put a lot on Jalen Hyatt, but he's a guy that definitely can take the top off the defense as well. And a receiver that was rated as the number one receiver coming into this year, but he fell off at LSU, is Boutique. Yeah, you like him, huh? I really like him. He was, you got to think, he was the number one rated receiver coming in. He was potentially supposed to be the first receiver off the board. Yeah. Didn't have a great season at LSU. You know, a lot of stuff was going on. Brian, um, I mean, Kelly took over a head coach. It didn't, I don't think he had a, he was good with that mixture of, of talent that they had down there. But don't, don't be surprised. I like. I had him going as early as late second round, early third round. So those are some of the guys that keep keep an eye on. But really, really keep an eye on Isaiah Lamb, the DN from Florida a Yeah. What What is it with uh, wide receivers in LSU? My goodness, they have cranked out some great ones in the last couple. Absolutely. Of years. Hold on. I got one more. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Aubrey Miller, Aubrey Miller Jr. from Jackson State, the middle linebacker. I was able to meet him at the senior bowl and really talk to him. He's about 6'2, 230 pounds of all muscle. Ah. <laughs> he was making he was making explosive plays. He it seemed like he was always around the ball at that senior bowl. So uh he if you get him in the six or seven pick middle linebacker, he go to camp and he'll he'll probably turn a lot of heads at, at anybody's training camp. Wow. Okay, I lied. One more question, and I promise I'll get out of your way here. <laughs> Being from Ohio, the the, the big uh, news up in Wisconsin here is the Badgers hiring Luke Fickle, who uh, turned uh, Cincinnati into a powerhouse. Uh, I would imagine you saw a few of his games, and I don't know yes. if you ever you know ran into him and talked to him, but uh, I'd like to get your impressions of Fickle from you. First of all, Lou Fickle, is, I never got a chance to meet him, but I have a, a good friend that's a high school head coach in Cincinnati that talks to him on a regular basis. But I am friends with Marcus Freeman, the coach from Notre Dame, which was the defensive coordinator for him at UC. Yes. So talking talking to Marcus Freeman about Lou Fickle, uh, he's a, he's going to turn Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin really don't need to be turned around because they always had a great program up there. But I really thought that he was going to be the head coach of Ohio State when they – took the head coach's job. That's how much praise I have for Luke Fickle wow. and the job that he's done. Cause I really thought he was going to be the coach instead of Ryan day, uh-huh. but uh, I'm, I'm happy with Ryan day selection, but Luke Fickle is an Ohio state guy. He turned Cincinnati into a powerhouse. And I think he's just going to keep going up for the Wisconsin Badgers. I wish him all the best of luck. I don't want him to do well against Ohio state, but everybody <laughs> else, I want him to have an outstanding performance. Uh, so I like, I like yeah. Luke Fickle is going to be great for you guys up there. Yeah, I know uh, Badger fans are giddy and, and rightfully so. I mean, his his resume is pretty darn impressive. So, hey, Jody, uh, this this was an absolute blast. Uh, thanks for dropping by, and uh, I, I promise next year to behave better in the press box. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I look forward to seeing you. I'll be at the draft, and then maybe I can come back live from the draft, and we can do it again. Oh, uh, that'd be awesome! Yeah, you are going to Kansas City for the draft. Uh, yes, I will. I will be there. You went to you went to Vegas last year. That must have been crazy. Yeah, it was. It was amazing. Uh, I think Las Vegas really did a great job with the draft and uh, with the fans. They were they had over three hundred thousand fans total for the weekend. 
I think Kansas City, who was a rival with Las Vegas, is going to probably look to do the same thing. They can't let <laughs> Vegas, the Raiders, they can't, you know, Kansas City can't let the Raiders outdo them. So I, I'm really, it's in downtown Kansas City, and I can't wait to taste some of their barbecue to be my first time in Kansas City. And I, I, I think it's going to be an awesome experience. So, um, like I said, I would love to go come back on the show and, and do it again. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. So thank you so much uh, for dropping by, as I said. And, uh, Thank you to all our faithful listeners. Take care and all the best. Thank you. Thank you. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Wolfel and WuffelsPressBox.com.